We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Well, here we are again. Yes, you didn't think it could happen, but it did. I continue to do the podcast. Uh, so, a lot of stuff has been happening. Um, uh, for a while, nothing was happening, so there wasn't a whole lot to podcast about. Uh, but, uh, you know, the big news, for those of you who are keeping track, uh, I now have a job. Yay! And, of course, the bad news is, now I have a job. Boo. Boy, I don't know how people get anything done, right? Because it's, you know, you get up. Uh, in Miriam's case, she walks the dog. Uh, you commute for an hour. You do a job for eight hours minimum. Then you come home and you walk the dog again. I mean, it's no wonder fast food is as popular as it is. Because... I mean, you get home and you're like, I don't want to cook anything. That sounds like work. I want to sit my ass. I mean, I've only got, you know, an hour or two to do that. So the last thing I want to do is spend all of that in the kitchen chopping. Yes. So anyway, for those of you who knew, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, you know, for those of you who didn't know, which is almost none of you. Yes. Working sucks. So, um, musically, uh, this time around, uh, I'm going to do uh, something a little different. Um, I, uh, I, in, well, okay, let's start it this way. In video game news! So, uh, one of the games, you know, obviously I got a, a whole ton of games for Christmas, as I always do. And uh, this year, no exception. Uh, but one of the ones I got was Rocksmith. And it's a great Thing, I barely would call it a game, but basically it's a guitar hero for people who actually know how to play guitar or, or actually have their own guitar. And it's great because it makes, you know, playing guitar fun again because I, I played a ton of guitar in my youth and realized I was not going to be Eddie Van Halen and said, well, this sucks. I am not good at this. I'm not good at writing songs. I'm just going to give it up. And then Rocksmith comes along and they're like, hey, man. And, and uh, so what I really like about Rocksmith is uh, the song selection is very good, right? Like I'm not playing um, Barracuda uh, for the 400th time because I need to pass it in order to gain a level. And that's the other really neat thing about this game, too, is um, there are levels to each song, but the songs themselves are not bound to a level like Guitar Hero is, which I think is a much better way of doing it. Um, so, look, look, I don't want to go on and on for people who uh, don't care about video games, but uh, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to, the music that's going to be behind me, and I haven't recorded it yet, uh, otherwise this podcast would never get done. Uh, it's a long story. Don't worry. I will not burden you with my workflow. Um, that's that great Pearl Jam song. Workflow. You file your TPS reports. Oh, but she don't know that the copier is broken. Yeah. 
I often wonder what my neighbors must think, you know, for those of you, for those of them who might catch a earful of me yelling. Uh, there was some song, too. I was walking around my house singing. It was like, um, uh, I don't know, fuck my tight asshole. I don't know. I can't remember what the song was called, but it was something like that. It was something with just, you know, uh, uh just uh, oh, I, I remember what it was. It was uh, it, I was uh, en- entering for the Howard Cern clip contest, and I I did not win, did not even place or show. So, uh, but anyway, so it was I the lyrics I was singing and I was practicing, and it was like, you know, um, it was it was oh I, I was a lyric about my small dick. Anyway, so then I, of course I'm standing in the kitchen doing the dishes, and I'm realizing I'm singing about my small dick, and I'm just like, yeah. If they're in their backyard and I'm in the kitchen, it's just like we're standing next to each other. So maybe just save it until you're uh, in the office. So anyway, uh, oh, so anyway, Rocksmith. So uh, Rocksmith, um, they have a sex. So one of the things that you do is uh, when you do get really good at a song, it unlocks the tonal quality of that guitar sound so what they do is it when when you play each song they run your guitar through a series of filters to make it sound like the original guitar sound from that song so it sounds like you're really you know in the studio playing that song um and uh when you when you do well enough at that song then it unlocks that tone so you can use it for whatever i don't know what you would use it for except I found a way. I found a, something I could do with it. So what I'm gonna, so what the music that's gonna be playing behind me is actually me playing guitar, and then I added some backing stuff in uh, probably GarageBand or whatever. But it's it's me playing guitar through a series of filters. So um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start with a real guitar and a real distortion pedal, and it's all tube-based, man. And, uh, you know, cause it was, it was one of those things I got a job and I'm just like, Hey man, I saw my eye on this amp. It was a cheap amp, but I still couldn't really justify it. So I'm like, I'm getting it. Cause you know, there's as, as dumb as I think people are about their obsession with tubes and, it, and there's a whole podcast episode you can listen to about this. There's still that nagging part of me. That's like, I want a tube amp, man. So in this first section, it's going to be just uh, me and the the tube amp and the distortion, the tube distortion, and uh, that's going to be, you know, your reference point. Like, this is a real thing. And then, um, who knows, I, I haven't recorded it yet, it's probably not going to go on that long. I'm probably going to play just a little, you know, beat it, a little... Uh, crazy train because those are like the two songs i know how to play but anyway so you'll get a reference point of what that really sounds like and then we'll switch over and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna plug my guitar into the playstation and then from the playstation go into the computer and it's all gonna be direct i'm not gonna mic any speakers like i am with the tube amp so you can get a sense of like hey, is this a viable thing? Like, could I really use their series of pedals and filters and all this stuff? And does it sound significantly better or worse than the, uh, than the, just the straight tube amp? So anyway, um, so there's that. <laughs> so that's what the music is going to be behind me. I have no idea uh, how I will signify to the listener uh, that, um, that, it's, that we have switched. 
Uh, and we're into something else now. Maybe that's what I'll do, is I'll just edit this so I'll go, now we're switching guitar sounds. Bling! And do like a Clarissa explains it all, Sam walking through the window noise. Bling! Uh, or maybe some jackass. Uh, I call this playing on my PlayStation. Bling! Bling! Uh, anyway. <laughs> Oh, and also for the PlayStation section, uh, I'm going to bop through their various presets uh, so you can hear, you know, sort of a wide array of, uh, you know, different tones that they have set up. So if you hear the the tone of the guitar changing, you know, every 10 seconds, that's why. Uh, So anyway, so that's that's what's going on. And but oh, so here's the thing. So it's great because I am it, it makes playing guitar fun again and I'm playing guitar every day I'm actually getting better you know maybe I'm not as good as I used to be but I'm significantly better than when I would only be playing you know every four months because that makes sense right I'm playing every day you know it doesn't matter what I'm playing just the sheer fact that I'm playing means I'm just my hands are getting used to it my brain is getting used to it so if you're somebody who's a lapsed guitar player buy this thing absolutely you can get it on any of the well you can't get it on the wii because that would just be stupid uh but you can get it on playstation xbox and for your pc and and it's great because it's just a uh a cord on you know guitar cord on one end usb on the other just throw it in there and start rocking out okay so now uh getting back to the job um the first thing that anybody asks you when you get a new job is How do you like the new job? Um, Oh, just uh, so you know, just for keeping track, this uh, is, uh, this company uh, does advertising on the internet. There you go. So they're a high-tech company that does advertising. So they're like a, they're like a digital ad agency, sort of. At least that's part of what they do. Uh, Anyway, so I had this dream after about the third week of work in which, now by the way, I know I've said this before, don't any, don't ever tell anybody your dreams, because um, it's like listening to a really bizarre and pointless piece of fiction, right? It's like telling you a story that you made up that has no beginning, middle, or end, and then people just sort of nod at you and go, oh, really? You were, um, you were dressed like a cheeseburger, huh? Yeah, and you had uh, herring on your feet. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. Yeah. Maybe you just like cheeseburgers. I don't know. But anyway, so don't ever tell people your dreams. But I feel like this dream really sort of sums up my experience so far with this company. Uh, And uh, so in the dream, I have a brand new job. And there is a series of trials I have to go through, sort of Herculean feats I have to complete in order to, I don't know, part of the training process. And there are these long corridors I have to go down, and there's like an obstacle in the corridor. It might be a moat, or it might be, in one sense, there was a a bobcat wrapped in tape who, you know, not completely like bound up, but like, you know, with tape all over him. As if you did a really shitty job wrapping a Christmas present that happens to be a bobcat. By the way, do not give me that for Christmas. That is not a hint. I do not want that. Anyway, 
So, uh, and then in another lane, there's like um, one of those crazy blue elephant looking things like George Lucas ad in for the extra stuff in Star Wars, even though it didn't need it. And as I'm doing these trials, I'm just sort of like, what in the world does this have to do with my job? And then there was like, I get through one trial and then this other person's like, hey, come to me with the come come with me to the grocery store. And I was like. Oh, all right. But I, and he's like, yeah, it's just across the street. Let's go. And I'm like, um, okay, I guess. Well, and I'm looking around and nobody's really doing anything. And I'm just like, uh, okay. And so that's a thing. And I'm just like, yeah, that pretty much sums up my work so far. I will let you interpret that. Goodness knows. Um, it seems pretty straightforward to me, but whatever. So anyway, that is how uh, work is going so far. Uh, also, um, oh, so I know the other next biggest thing you're wondering to yourself is, okay, what's the bathroom situation like there? Because, I, I mean, I spent a whole episode talking about the bathroom at the last job. This one has its own quirks. Um, so uh, the... I don't know who, I don't know what sort of disability ordinance uh, mandated this. This is the only reason I could understand why you would do this. But the urinals appear to be designed for someone about three foot seven, I would say. Super low to the ground. And the amount of piss that's on the floor is uh, at a staggering rate. And I've never seen a puddle of urine so foamy because it's being dropped from a height three to four times farther than it ever would need to be. But it, And it makes me feel like there's something medically wrong with me. Like, why is my piss so frothy? And then I'm just like, oh, right, because I'm just way far away. It's also weird, too, because there's two different – there's only two urinals in the dude's room. I have no idea how many there are in the ladies' room. I'm guessing zero. But you never know. Uh, and there's two, and they're both different models, right? They're clearly, I don't know. It's like somebody just got them at some sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, urinal rummage sale or something. And they were just like, yeah, okay, two. Yeah, bring them along. Like, uh, yeah, to, like, like uh, little Jawas are running around, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll take the red one and uh, that urinal. All right, let's go. Hey, what are you trying to do? Sorry, I, I was going to do the whole uh, scene where Uncle Ben buys uh, droids from Jawas, and then I was like, I, I'm, I'm pretty okay with uh, admitting I don't know that by heart. Um, yeah. Bad, bad motivator. I think that's what the red one had. Anyway, uh, and you didn't want to hear that, damn it. Just go rent the movie. It's still a good movie. It still holds up, and I don't care what anybody said. You know what? There are a lot of people who love Empire Strikes Back, and I think they like it just to be contrarian because the the empire strikes back it's got some good stuff in it it's i'm not gonna say i mean look i love you know those first three you know episodes four five and six i liked them all but really you're gonna pick the one that has no beginning really and no end like it's it's clearly a you know a transitory film, whereas the first one stands on its own, right? Like, if, it, if they never made another one, you would be like, well, 
that is wrapped up. But the middle one is clearly like a cliffhanger. You know, Luke, I'm your father. Oh, Han Solo, you're in Carbonite. Oh, Princess Leia, you're discovering your lady parts. Mm, yeah. Princess Leia. Oh, come on now. I call this playing on my PlayStation. So, uh, and then, of course, she's in the metal bikini by the third movie, and I am uh, masturbating like a fiend. So, um, oh, wait a minute, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the second movie, it's like, come on, how can that be your favorite movie? And, you know, there's, um, there's, there's so much dumb shit in that second one too because there's that weird bit where like Luke is training with Yoda and then Yoda is not great either I mean the lame puppet you know it's not good and he just sounds like Grover and his English is weird it's like uh okay and and then and then Luke battles Darth Vader but then he cuts his head off and then it's like Luke behind the mask and I'm just like what is this? And then we get to the Cloud City, and um, and then like they show up, and Darth Vader's at the dinner table, and he's like, "What up, bitches?" And then they start shooting at him, and then he just sticks his hand up, and he blocks all the all the the laser blasts, which I am not really sure that's a thing that that uh, uh, Jedi or even Sith can do. I think they kind of need the lightsaber, so we're off a little on on the cannon in this universe a little bit. So I think, you know, so so the deal with the with the second one is is that Lucas didn't direct it, right? This some um, other dude, I can't remember his name, directed it. And I think we will like it just as a kind of an a fuck you to Lucas, right? Oh, you didn't direct this one. This is the one I like. But really, come on, children. It's it's unless I mean, what is it about the second one that you like, right? I mean, the first one is amazing. There's no, there's no Ewoks. There's no Jar Jar Binks. I mean, you, you know, yeah, I'm sure people are mad because, you know, Han is, you know, shooting second instead of first and all this stuff. But I'm not talking about the remake. I'm talking about the original one. That's the one. That's the one you should be liking. Not, not the second one just because you got to bug up your ass about George Lucas. And that's another thing. People who hate stuff just because of something weird, like the people who hate stuff just because it's now popular, I mean, it's the same album, it's the same songs on that album, and now that everybody likes it and not just you, what, all of a sudden it sucks? No, it's the same thing you liked six months ago, it's just now popular. Sorry. Sorry, it's now popular. Okay, so let's get to today's topic. So today, I want. I'm just. I've been thinking a lot about what what makes things greater than others. And like, for instance, you. We went to go see uh, Paul F. Tompkins as part of SF Sketchfest. And by the way, if you live anywhere near San Francisco and you're not at least looking at the SF Sketchfest website to see if there might be something you would want to go to, you are so missing out, right? Because it is, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like everything that's awesome in San Francisco for like two weeks. And so, you know, uh, you get, you know, great stand-ups, great sketch performers, uh, you know, panel discussions of classic movies. Like, I think last year they did Airplane. I can't remember what it was this year. 
and you just you know you you just look and 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 they're you know scattered at clubs and places all over the place and you know you just pay your money and you go to a thing and, and uh you know i saw uh, last year i saw uh doug benson do the benson interruption with guest interrupter zach galifianakis i mean it was awesome so anyway uh, one of the things we saw this year was Paul F. Tompkins, who, if you're not listening to the Pod F. Tomcast, you're really missing out. It's very good. But he does this thing. Uh, it's a show, which is, it's uh, it's him, and he comes out, and he does a little bit of stand-up, and then he's got a musical guest that comes out and plays a song, and then he's got somebody... Uh, uh, this year it was Judy Greer, who you might recognize from um, the 13 going on 30. She plays the bitchy uh, co-worker to Mrs. Ben Affleck. Oh, what's her name? Anyway, uh, and then uh, they do another song, and then John Hodgman was there, and he did a sketch with uh, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, and they did another thing, and it was really great. And the thing about Paul F. Tompkins is he is one of these guys, and I'm not really sure what it is about him, but as soon as he walks out on stage, you're already at least smiling. And he hasn't done anything, he hasn't said anything yet. And in his case, it's very, it's, it's spooky to, to, in, the, in, the, in the way that you're just like, I don't know, has he hypnotized me? What's going on? This is crazy. And what I think it might be with him is... He, I, I, I mean, I, obviously it's different with everybody, right? Like, you don't know why. I mean, I can't say, like, oh, this is the one thing and everybody's doing who's, who's this is that thing, but wouldn't that be nice? Ah, I'd like that. But anyway, so um, what I think it is about him that is so appealing is that he just seems happy and he, like he really wants to be there and he is in it. And I love it. And, and like, at one point, he, and obviously, of course, the whole audience is just ecstatic that he's there, too, because they're all just such fans of his. But at one point, uh, we saw this at Yoshi's, which is a nice little place to see uh, anything. Now, I don't think there's really any bad seat. The problem with Yoshi's is it's kind of expensive. Oh, they got a nice uh, sushi restaurant there uh, attached. Anyway, so he, uh, Paul, uh, goes out to the edge of the stage, and, in, and the stage has a little bit of a lip on it. And I guess the lip sort of gave way a bit under his foot. And, you know, it was fine. He recovered. But he just said something like, hey, I almost wound up face first into your table. And everybody laughed. I laughed. And I was just like, there's just something weird about, like, just him. So oh, I, I can't, I'm not going to play any clips of him. Just go on the internet and find, if you can find the bit he does about why no one should ever be fooled by um, the uh, peanut brittle full of, of springy snakes, find that, because that's fantastic. Uh, and that really gives you a sense of just how... He, if, if I could do stand-up comedy, I think I'd want to do it a lot like him, somewhere between him and Joe Rogan, where he just takes a thing and he just says, oh, in what world would someone be fooled by the springy snakes in the peanut brittle can. What would that be like? And then so he just makes up this whole scenario and he drills down and it just gets more and more ridiculous. But he he is better. It's 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 a seeing him live is is it's a different feeling than seeing other stand-ups. And that's the part that's really crazy because it's not just like 
you're seeing a guy tell jokes and the jokes are funny. I mean, it's not like we see Dane Cook. Whoops, I said funny. Oh, okay. Never mind. So, but, but Paul's vibe is just like, hey, man, we're having fun. And so even when you're not laughing, you're like, yeah, yeah, I want to have fun. Let's go have fun. And so you leave it, you leave the show, not just like, oh, I had some laughs. I mean, it's fucking crazy, man. I know this is sounding insane, but it really does change your whole outlook the rest of the night. I mean, of course, you know, you go to sleep, you wake up, man, it is gone. I got to start over from scratch. But boy, it's just so infectious. Uh, And so... It's I it just I don't know. I mean I I'm not, I'm not even really sure I figured it out even. Like I'm just guessing that this is why I like it so much. But I just know. I do know for sure though. When I left there, I was like this was way more than just a stand-up show. Right? Like and I'm just sort of looking around like is everybody else getting out of this what I'm getting out of this cuz this is crazy. Another thing that I want to another example of just sheer performing greatness is Eddie Van Halen. And I don't know if I'm going to put this in the background or not. I, maybe I will. I'm sort of leaning like I will. I'm sure we're all tired of me listening to me play guitar. Uh, and so we'll, we'll throw in some Eddie Van Halen right now. Um, so there, Van Halen, the boys uh, are going back on tour and uh, 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 they have kicked out the old bass player uh, don't ask why. Nobody knows. Doesn't make any sense. Whatever. So, but they did bring in, uh, in as a new bass player, Eddie Van Halen's kid, Wolfgang. So now it's three Van Halens against David Lee Roth. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's interesting about the, so they've got this new album out too, which is interesting that the video normally... You know, in the 80s, when videos were king, and that was, you know, how everybody got their music, you could take a mediocre song and make it great by a, by a great video. And you could, you know, you could see that video and be like, wow, it's a great song. And then you hear that song on the radio and you're like, eh, it's okay, you know. I mean, the perfect example that I can think of is Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. I mean, that song, the, the video is amazing. It's all stop motion and shit's flying around. Some of it's clay, some of it's people. And the song is all right. I mean, it's no, you know, Salisbury Hill, another Peter Gabriel classic. But uh, so anyway, so the new Van Halen song, which is Tattoo, is the big single. Uh, boy, that video does the exact opposite. That video is so shitty. It makes the song worse and it's funny because universally people who have just heard the song like the song people who have seen it with the video are kind of like yeah i i don't know about that man that's uh yeah that's no good hey man hey i say with the van halen i don't know man it's no good uh it's it's weird that when I do that accent, I kind of rub my hands all over my body too. Hey, man, no, it's not good. Oh, like I've got an upset stomach. Oh no, it's not good. So, 
yes. Uh, but but anyway, so the Van Halen boys uh, are back on the road, and I think they've started touring already. But Eddie does uh, this solo that I found on YouTube, and what's re- I mean, it, it's it's amazing in so many ways. Like first of all, I'm, I'm pretty sure Eddie Van Halen is insane. Right, like he did that whole thing about how he had tongue cancer and then he went to Mexico or Peru or something and he did some crazy thing that nobody's, you know, talking about. The drug companies don't want you to know and all this stuff. And you're just like, dude, you were a lunatic. So, uh, but then, you know, and then firing the bass player so you can crowbar your kid in here. I mean, it's just bonkers. But... You watch him in that solo that somebody taped with their iPhone or whatnot, and it's really incredible. Not only does he have just an amazing command of the guitar, you know, he doesn't hit a bad note, he always seems to know where he's going and what he's doing, and he just seems so amazingly effortless. Just what he does and how he does it and as fast as he plays and all this stuff. But the other thing about that video, which is really interesting, is it seems like he's really conscious of what his audience is and what they want, which is so rare for any performer who is actually like, hey, maybe I should do what the fans want. Not just me masturbating in my living room now put on stage. Look at me jerking it off. Yes, sir. Don't you all like this? Look at me go. I got two hands going now. Woohoo! No lube here. I'm just working my junk. Right? That's the way most guitar solos are. And, and sure, certainly there is some of that quality in this Eddie Van Halen performance. And to be fair, there are lots of people who like Van Halen who want to see him just go to town on his dick like nobody's business. And it's really nobody's business. But what's great, too, is that's not all of it. That's not the whole thing. It's, it, that's just a piece of it. That's one little tiny piece of the whole solo is him jerking it. But then he's also, he does that thing. I think it's called, the song is called Carousel, where he manipulates the volume knob so you never hear the attack of the pick. And it just goes, which is, again, genius. Like, who would have thought to do that, right? Well, he did, and he does it effortlessly. But it also shows just a different thing because there are people who want him to play that and then you know and it's not a long solo i mean it's certainly one of the shorter ones we have seen him do but it's it's great because it also satisfies the loyal van halen fan who is like oh i've loved him for their whole career and and i want to hear that thing but i've he's probably not gonna do it you know but and and that's what's great right so if you look at that whole solo there's like some technical mastery there's just some masturbatory mastery there's something for the loyal fan it doesn't go on too long it's just this nice little encapsulation and it services all these different groups who want that 
as opposed to just one thing that just is okay and it only services a minority group of your audience. And it's so less about what you want as a performer. It's really more about, well, what are they going to walk away with? What would make them happy and walk away with? Now, granted, I know I'm reading a lot into this. I don't really know if Eddie Van Halen has these kinds of thoughts, but I don't care. I want it to be true, and it doesn't matter if it isn't, because just like in the way that I philosophize about what the makers of Bioshock are doing, by the way, Bioshock Infinite is coming out soon, and it's... um, it's different, you know, we're not underwater anymore, thank God. We're in the clouds, and it's got, you know, a, a nicer, brighter aesthetic, but there's a lot of parts of it that are still very Bioshockish, which is, I guess, why they've kept the title, even though I don't think they should have. Uh, boy, that game that game just makes me happy. Oh, my God. We, they, uh, they have a, a copy of Game Informer magazine with that on the front, and I just, uh, I just look at it, and it makes me happy. It's like, uh, that's so beautiful. Anyway, so uh, that's the point, is I have something that I can aspire to in terms of how I want to live my life. And I don't care if that's not a thing. I don't care that he never had those thoughts in his life. Damn it, I'm doing it. I'm doing it the way I want to do it. Okay, so it's been several weeks since I uh, started recording this podcast, and I feel like the whole thing has been an exercise in what not to do, right? So uh, Mark Marin on his podcast, he was talking a little bit about how uh, he got invited to play with some people, and, you know, he plays guitar, and he's got a nice guitar, and uh, he felt like he enjoys, you know putting on an album and playing along with it, and that's all very well and good, but, you know, playing with actual people who are way, way better than you, maybe not such a good idea, and I sort of feel like that was the case with this. Uh, I was um, playing uh, just along to some shitty drum tracks, and uh, really, when I listened back on it, I was like, wow, that's really, that's really not, that's not good, but, you know, I said I would do it, and I did it, and, and it's fine. I mean, it's, 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 there are lots of, you know, in that whole bluesy fart around section it's you know there's just a, it's a bunch of silliness but uh you know it's it's not that good it's it's you know in my head it was a way better idea than it wound up being uh and then and then you know this whole thing was supposed to be like hey let's compare you know a real amp to the simulated amps in the PlayStation well of course you can't hear it cuz it's way in the background you can barely tell what's going on um and uh, and and so it's just silly to do that because you have no idea what's what. Uh, and then the other thing, which is probably the most ironic and troubling thing of all, is that um, Eddie Van Halen's guitar sound uh, recorded through an iPhone and then compressed and put on YouTube sounds way better than all the other stuff in the ideal recording conditions possible. It's very frustrating. <laughs> You know, I went to school for this. I thought I knew what I was doing. I've been playing guitar a long time, and it's just, it's not working out. Well, that's all right. And which just goes to show 
uh, why I should continue to um, sit in my room and play along with Rock Band, because it's a Rock Smith. Sorry, Rock Smith, because it's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, with that in mind, go discover your own greatness. Go out there and try to figure it out. Figure out what separates just the really good from the great. So from me, from Eddie Van Halen, from Rock Smith, from the music of Bright Brown, I don't know how often I'm going to do this, but I guarantee you, I will do it one more time.